Hello, everybody. You are listening to episode 79 of the Hotter Than Health podcast. This is a podcast focusing on fitness, nutrition, health, overall healthy lifestyles, and of course, your morning conference call. And if you don't know what that is, you will by the end of this podcast. We talk about it a lot. So today we have a very special guest, um, Erin Gagne. She's going to be helping us out today talking about gut health, talking about nutrition, your gut microbiome, probiotics, pooping, diet, plant-based, inflammation, all that good stuff. So anyone suffering with IBS, anyone who is looking to uh, clear up their gut health, anyone who is struggling with skin, we're going to cover all of that today. It's a great information-filled podcast. I'm super pumped about it. So we'll get into that in just a couple of minutes. But before we get started, thank you guys so much for listening. Again, episode 79. We tried recording this last week and it got all messed up. So Thank you guys for being patient. We're redoing it. It's way more concise this time. I'm so bummed that it didn't post last time, but um, I think that overall it's going to be a little better this round. If you don't follow me on Instagram, you can keep those updates. I just made a Hotter Than Health Instagram, so make sure you go follow it. Let's grow that shit. It's just Hotter Than Health Podcast. Take a look. Um, give it a follow, support, love, share, all that good stuff. We'll talk about what we're going to have going on on the podcast next. And speaking of the new Hotter Than Health podcast Instagram page, I posted about this, uh, I guess, I don't know, a couple days ago. And I was asking what you guys wanted to hear about. And I got an overwhelming amount of people saying that they wanted to talk about sex, sex health, relationships, how hormones can affect your sex drive. There were so many different people asking for more information on that. So if you guys know anybody in the Charleston community who's like an intimacy coach or a sex therapist or someone who talks about sexual health, I would love, love, love to get into that with them. So um, of course, I love any kind of interview, but the one-on-one interviews in person are just the best. And Skype is amazing, especially when we're in this quarantine. But y'all, I'm ready to see some humans and I want to talk about sex and I want to use my hands as as a tool, not sexually, but I like talking with my hands. I like feeding off of other people's energy. So I want to hear what you guys think. If you guys know anyone in the Charleston area, hit me up. Let me know. Even if they're in Charlotte, I'll go to Charlotte. I'll interview them there. Whatever. We'll figure it out. So before we get into today's episode... Another way to support, always screenshot, like, share, comment. It's so helpful when you guys repost when you're listening to the podcast. Y'all don't know how much it means, and I'm not just saying that. I know I say it every single time I'm on this podcast, but truly, the more y'all share, and I don't just mean, you know, through links. Like, if y'all just text your friends about it, if you send it out in an email, like, whatever y'all can do, it is so helpful. Again, always trying to grow always trying to make sure that we're hitting the target audience and the best way to do that is for my target audience to tell their friends. It's just the way shit works. So we're going to get into it. I do want to warn y'all the audio quality is a little bit, it's a little, you know, it's not perfect, but we're working with what we have here. Uh, we ask really great questions on the podcast. She gets into it. She's super specific, which we love. We're going to talk about poop, food, diet, hormones, skin, whatever. Um, So thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to support the podcast anymore, you can always go to the links in the show notes. You can also book a nutrition consultation on my website. Um, Lots of questions about that lately. So always just go to Eliza G Fitness and Health, all spelled out, and you can book a consultation there. Use my links. That's always incredibly helpful. So 
those are some ways to support. Also, if you type in Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and just type in Hotter Than Health, it's another way to support. Thank you guys so much. I'm going to stop saying the word support. I will talk to y'all later. Enjoy the interview. Wait until the very end. We've got more information. Also, hit me up for any sex therapists or intimacy coaches that you guys know. All right. Talk to you guys soon. episode 79. Today we have Erin Gagne. She is a certified family nurse practitioner. She is a board certified in anti-aging and functional medicine. She's an anti-aging guru. She's got extensive experience in integrative medicine, hormone replacement therapy, gut health, and so, so much more. Um, today we're going to be talking specifically about gut health and integrative medicine whole foods, plant-based, different things like that, just to debunk any myths and really just get some more information on what gut health really means. So um, take it away. I know you're in Charlotte, so I would love to hear about kind of your experience of what's going on in the world right now. Tell us all about you. Yeah, it's uh, thank you so much for having me. Definitely a, a crazy time right now, but um, I am, like you said, a nurse practitioner, so I started out as um, just kind of internal medicine and went down this path that kind of led me to where I was now. So currently I, I work for a plastic surgery office, um, and I do all things anti-aging and skin, and then with a focus on um, integrative medicine, which means basically treating the root source of the issue. So instead of just giving someone a medication, we're really diving deep into lifestyle habits um, to find out what really the problem is. And one of the you know biggest things I see is that it's typically in a malfunction of the, the gut or the GI system. So a lot of that you know can throw everything off balance, including hormones. So a large part of what I do too is bioidentical hormone replacement. So we do a little bit of everything, and it's all encompassed into this you know anti-aging term now that we hear of. Mm-hmm. And I know they, you know, we hear all the time, heal your gut, gut health, um, gut microbiome, all these keywords, hot words right now. And mm-hmm. I know that there's been so much discovery in the world of gut health when it has to do with, <clears throat> when it has to do with mental health and it has to do with, you know, skin, hair, nails, all that good stuff, regularity. But what, when, when we hear the words heal your gut or gut health, what does that look like? Like, what are some symptoms specifically that you see or that you've experienced um, that make you think, okay, this is probably relating to the gut? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things. I'll kind of take you through first my personal experience with it, um, which is what led me towards integrated medicine. I, about two, I, I guess it is a little over two years ago now, I was di- diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, which is... Um, an inflammatory bowel disease, um, not to be confused with IBS, which is irritable bowel disease, ir- irritable syndrome. 
Um, they're both very different. So ulcerative colitis is in this blanket term of IDD or irritable um, inflammatory bowel disease, which consists of Crohn's and, and ulcerative colitis. So Crohn's typically is um, involves the small intestine or the upper part of the intestine, and Crohn's involves um, colitis involves the lower part of the intestine. So what happens with it is it develops all these ulcers. Um, in fissures along your intestinal tract, really a lot of irritation. And usually the treatment for that is a, a, a colectomy or removal of part or all of the colon. So when I was diagnosed with this, you know, um, obviously I was pretty much in denial <laughs> as being a healthcare provider. I'm like, no, I don't have a chronic illness. Um, but there wasn't a lot of information out there of things that I could do. So you know, I listened to my doctor um, because they're the experts, right? And and they were great. And they put me on some medication, short-term, like prednisone, to calm things down. And then a, a longer-term medication, I believe they put me on Azacol at the time. And uh, it worked for a little bit, and then it stopped working. And so typically at that point, you know, this was after being told I was going to have my colon removed within a year. Um they put you on something called a biologic, or many people know as Humira. It's used to treat like uh, rheumatoid arthritis and um, psoriasis, things like that. But I just didn't want to go on that because there's so many severe side effects, like leukemia and, and you know all different kinds of cancers. Wow. It just the system. So I knew that I had to do something else, and that's what dove me into this field of the gut and how. It affects everything. Um, and so I just became fascinated with it because once I started changing my lifestyle and my habits, I really saw changes in everything. So what I what I experienced and what most people experience when you start with, you know, the symptoms to answer your questions is um, I started with just, first of all, not being able to absorb or tolerate any kind of food. And it's pretty common where people you know, in their late 20s, 30s, 40s, they're like, I developed all these food sensitivities. Well, that's not normal. That doesn't happen. It's it's an imbalance of your gut microbiome. Um, a lot of mood disorders like anxiety, depression, couldn't sleep, skin issues, um, because everything was kind of coming through that gastrointestinal tract. Um, I had difficulty gaining weight. Um, I had joint pain, joint aches, and inability to concentrate. And those are typically a lot of the things that I see with patients, which is very confusing, right? Because a lot of those symptoms have to do with hormones too. So usually when people come in and I treat them and we get their hormones balanced and they're still not doing well, I always look to the gut. Mm -hmm. um, and I learned my lesson and now I look at the gut first. <laughs> I love that. Well, I know that whenever I talk to people, you know, people come to me all the time asking for nutrition help or they'll look at their lower belly and they're like, I just want to get rid of my pooch or they're like, I have no energy, I'm constipated, I'm bloated. There's a million different, you know, things that I hear all the time and a lot of people, they, they want to reach for a supplement. They want to reach for, you know, and not to anybody's fault, but they want to reach for a quick fix and I think that whenever I respond and ask, what are you eating? What's your diet? How much are you sleeping? Kind of questions. People think it's woo woo. They're like, well, they're like, that's all fine. That's all fine. I'm healthy. I'm healthy, blah, blah, blah. How do, how would you go to someone 
who is just looking for a quick fix or a pill or a supplement and say, like, what's your approach to saying this is more than that? This is lifestyle changes. Um, what are your approaches to people who are thinking that naturalistic or naturopathic medicine is woo-woo? You know, even though we know that's the right route and the most sustainable for longevity, what do you think? Yeah, I mean... I think I run into that all the time because that's what I do, right? And people are like, oh, gosh, there she goes again, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think for me, one is asking questions, right? That's where I get most information about patients is asking questions because you can really uh, gear the questions to get the information that you need. Um, and two is education. So I always start with telling people, you know, what the GI tract is and why it's so important. So you know, briefly to go through the, the GI tract starts in our mouth, goes through our esophagus, um, down to our stomach, through our small and large intestines, and then out the colon. And it's supposed to just run smoothly. Everything's just supposed to be this separate tube and not really interact with the rest of our body that much. We also have within the, the, within the GI tract, the microbiome, which is basically like, um, What's the best way to explain it? It's like the genetic makeup of our microbiota, so the DNA structure of the bacteria within our body. And that bacteria is what's actually responsible for a lot of the different functions that go on, like our absorption of food, of nutrients, being able to pull minerals and nutrients from that. So most people, because of the food that we eat, that bacteria is off, right? So they're not absorbing nutrients and they're not pulling what they need to. So I think for me, what I, first question I always ask is, okay, well tell me, you know, how many, about, how's your gut? And they're like, it's fine, it's great, it's perfect, just like you said. And I'm like, okay, how many are you having a week? And most people are like, one to two. And I'm like, oh great, they're like, a week. And I'm like, oh God, because, okay, so if we think about what the GI tract does, it gets rid of the bad stuff that we don't want, that we that we haven't pulled and absorbed for nutrients, right? So we need to get rid of that stuff. So if you're eliminating once to twice a week, well, you don't eat once to twice a week. You eat every day, right? So you're not getting rid of the bad stuff. So probably holding on to toxins. Um, if you're not eliminating at least one to two times a day, I say one to three. I'd rather have people have three, but, you know, I know that's a stretch. Not everyone does. So first off, they usually tell me that, and I know everything's off. So then I, I usually am like, okay, well, have you had, like, any weird skin rashes or anything? And they're like, yeah, I have these little bumps in the back of my arms or, like, weird random things that they can't, they Googled and they can't fix, right? And I'm like, yes, right. And so I tell them, because, again, visualizing and understanding makes them realize, and I'm like, well, your your intestines are supposed to be this tight-knit um, family, right? And what happens with inside the intestines is as we eat foods or we have stress or we um, eat inflammatory things that are not good for us, we weaken that tight junctures. And they get, they get these holes in them, like they spring a leak, and food that isn't supposed to be able to pass through is now able to and where does it reflect what comes out in our in our skin in our ability to think like the brain fog people say the, the random joint pain where they're like I've never had joint pain the weird food sensitivities that they have all of a sudden at age 40 mm -hmm. so your point I think education and visualizing and then they understand like oh wow maybe this Maybe that is like, and and you can ask them questions, and they start nodding, and you're like, yeah, that's your gut. And once you explain to them, 
um, I really find that once I do that, make lifestyle changes and put them on a few supplements, like they feel better and they're like, wow, she was right. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be right. I'm just trying to make them understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think it's so hard. The, the hardest part about all this is just educating people to the point where they understand that it, it's, this is all encompassing. It's not just to fix that one symptom because if you have that symptom, then you clearly have other symptoms. Like there's never just one. And I, I mean, going back to what you just said, I've had little like bumps on the back of my arm since I was, I mean, maybe seven, eight. I mean, they've been there my whole life. Sometimes they get better. Sometimes they get like smoother and they go away. What is that? Cause I mean, yeah. I know if you have them, you know exactly what you're talking about. Like, I'm kind of self-conscious about it sometimes. You can't see it, but you can feel it. Yeah. And now it's just it's a part like, of my life, but I want to know. What's the deal? It's called keratosis pilaris, and um, it's actually, like, the the hair follicles or the skin can kind of get clogged and backed up. So one of the treatments from it is, is exfoliating to help open that up. But usually I see that when people's guts are off too because something is causing inflammation and then that duct's getting clogged or whatever and they're getting those little bumps on the back of the arms. And they call it like chicken skin if you Google it. Mm-hmm. And I know Google some are more severe than others, but... Absolutely, yeah. And But I, I to your point, like I, I just sometimes get those and I'm like, darn, I had dinner yesterday or something got in there. Like I know, I know when I mess up. Like I'm not perfect. <laughs> For sure. And I definitely, like I still... Now that you think about it, I've been definitely integrating a little bit more food or like a couple more eggs randomly or some seafood and that's it. I still don't do dairy. I still, I I would say I'm shifting my, I'm shifting what I'm telling people, you know, because I was pretty, pretty plant-based to the point where I would have salmon like once every couple weeks. It was like very plant-based, but um, I'm switching more to plant dominant because I just feel like that works way better for my energy and my body, but it's all an ebb and flow. Like maybe I'm adding in too much, maybe I'm adding too little, but maybe the seafood is causing it to be a little more flared up. Maybe the eggs are a little more flared up, even though they're like local free range. I know the person who got them, like, you know, I, all those things, even, but even a couple times a week, maybe that's just too much for me. And I don't like, I don't like the way it feels. So maybe I'll, I'll <laughs> exfoliate and I'll take a look at that. Damn. Yeah. And, and, you know, with the point of that, I love that term you said, what was it? Plant heavy. Plant dominant. Plant dominant. I like that a lot because I mean, we're not all perfect and I, that's kind of how I eat. I like that. I'm going to steal that plant dominant because I do have fish. Um, I have eggs about 75% less than I used to because that was one of the foods I was reactive to. Yeah. So I probably now have eggs once a week. And I think it's just a matter of, and I love an egg. Oh, man, mm-hmm. I think it's like the food, that and avocado. But mm-hmm. a lot of people are reactive to them. So, like, to your point, just, yeah, figure out, maybe eliminate one. Don't eliminate both because then you'll never know. But eliminate eggs, and if it doesn't go away, then try eliminating the salmon. That way you can pinpoint. But those are both such great foods. Yeah. Um, that maybe you just need, like, less of it. Maybe it's something else. It's just so hard. And like you said, all of this, which is why it's hard to get people to buy in, is very much so trial and error. And people want a quick fix. Like, even when I was healing myself, um, I mean, I had to go back to the basics and I tried every single diet I tried keto I tried um 
whole like the whole thirty, but um, autoimmune, which is basically like <laughs> protein, fruit, and veggies, like no nuts, no seeds, no grain, like nothing. Yeah. Uh, and I landed on plant based, which is very interesting because if you told me, you know, five years ago that I would be eating so carb heavy, I would be like, no way. And yeah. it's actually worked really, really well for my body. When I don't have carbs, I don't feel good. So it's interesting what what works for one doesn't necessarily work for someone else. Exactly. I think that's a great point. Um, I want to know, so going back to food and longevity and skin, okay, if there's someone, and this might be a hormonal question, I think we should do a whole other podcast on hormones. We talked about this last time. Yeah. Um, But going into skin... Um, other than, you know, cleaning up your diet, maybe doing an elimination diet, taking out all the inflammatory foods or the high allergen foods, and then slowly adding them back in, what are some ways that people can see some more clarity in their skin, reduction in fine lines, like more collagen production? I know, you know, vitamin C heavy foods are great, staying out of the sun as much as you can. Like, what are some aesthetic things that, um, a wellness nutrition, you know, medical professional would say that maybe we don't know about because I know we have a lot of female listeners and I'm personally looking like hella haggard right now. So I want to know. <laughs> You're crazy. No, you look great. Um, yeah, that's definitely like a broad, like a big question. Cause there's so much to talk about. I think first, like you mentioned, we kind of do this algorithm in integrated medicine called the four or five R's. So first is removing the the inflammatory foods, right? Because we have to think about our, our GI system and the body in general is we need to remove inflammation. That's like the number one cause of most disease and illness and um, aging to ourselves. So removing the triggers um, that you may or may not know, but usually I tell everyone to remove gluten just because it's such a high pesticide sprayed crop. It's sprayed with glyphosate. It it causes leaky gut or that increased intestinal permeability, and it comes through in our skin. So that's number one. Um, I usually tell people to remove sugar and dairy. Those are the, the three most aging and inflammatory foods possible. And then from there, you need to fine-tune and see what works for you. So um, I never tell people to remove meat. If they want to do meat, just make sure it's clean, grass-fed. Um, you know, non-pasteurized, all that stuff, um, making sure that they're good so- sources, right? But if it works for your body, then that's great. Um, from there, the second is usually replaced. So doing what you can to allow the foods that you're eating to actually be absorbed. Because we are what we absorb more than what we eat. So if we're not absorbing food, then you're not going to get the B12, the K, the all the all the nutrients that you're pulling from food to feed your skin, right? So I think... You know, a lot of people are always like, okay, what pill can I take? But the number one thing you can do for enzymes is to, one, slow down because we start to make enzymes as soon as we look at food. We actually start to salivate and make enzymes. So then from there, like slowing down and chewing your food, you're going to make digestive enzymes to allow you to break down your food even further. And then to that point, you'll start to create hydrochloric acid, which usually is lacking in the stomach. That also is responsible for helping... Um, digest and break down our foods so those are the number one tip I have and I'm really bad at it because I was an ICU nurse for years so I'm like eating running down the hall right so I still have to make myself slow down 
Um, but from there, like other things you can do too is obviously there are good digestive enzymes you can take, but celery juicing is something that like I love. I tell a lot of my patients to do. Um, and if you look at the medical medium, like he is not a medical professional, but he's he's dedicated his life to this because he believes it. I don't know. I guess he's like called to do this stuff. He mm-hmm. gets sick. Whatever. doesn't matter if you look at the skin issues that it's cured it, it, there's something to it and that's because it releases bile salts it restores that hydrochloric acid in our stomach and it creates digestive enzymes the three things that we need in our stomach so those are the biggest things as far as like getting you to digest and then from there you need to replace with really good probiotic rich foods um so i always tell people to eat get everything from your food as much as possible and we use supplements to supplement what you're not getting from your food, right? So eat fermented um, foods, um, you know, if you can tolerate dairy, fermented kefir, things like that. Um, I'm okay with that if you're, if you're tolerating it okay. Um, like sauerkraut. Things like that. Yep, yep, I love sauerkraut. And then making sure you're getting tons of prebiotics to feed that bacteria. Basically, all fruits and veggies are going to feed that good bacteria and making sure you're getting starchy fruits and veggies because that's what those good bacteria love because we've got to keep them alive by feeding them. Um, And then I think number one for our skin and everything is just trying to minimize stress. So that's stressors as far as like physical coming into the body with food, um, you know, stress from work, whatever it is. I mean, we're not going to eliminate that, but how are you dealing with it? And then trying to minimize um, toxins and stressors in our life too, like making sure we're wearing a good sunscreen. Um, Like you said, making sure you're having vitamin C rich foods Um, and then doing everything you can to just protect yourself and protect your environment um, from those stressors. Yeah. So that's kind of what you can do as far as like the broad term and I can kind of give more specifics if you want, but does that, kind of answer your question it does does. and I have a question so what as far as probiotics go I get this question all the time should I be taking a probiotic should I be taking probiotic and I know that not all probiotics are made the same and what they're everyone you know I'll see people every day drinking a kombucha and they're Mm -hmm. like "Mm, I'm getting my probiotics I'm good but there's a big difference between resident forming probiotics and um transient so what that just means for anyone listening transient is just ones that like like if you're eating yogurt or if you're eating sauerkraut or if you're eating uh drinking a kombucha they pass through you they don't like set up camp inside to help build your gut whereas the resident forming is what you really want to go in there and start to build that good bacteria not just like sweep through it and give it a nice once over it's like a deep cleaning so what are your thoughts on probiotics I take one it, I, I mean I can't tell that I take it but I can tell when I don't take it kind of thing but um what are your thoughts on that do you recommend any do you take any uh yeah I, I think that's a great way to put it and I think what you said with, like, I can tell when I don't take it. And that's a lot of times with these supplements. People are like, I can't tell a difference. And then they stop it and they're like, oh, wow, I think it was doing something. And that's what I see a lot. Um, as far as probiotics go, like, I definitely, I put most of my patients on one because I, I know that their diet is not good and they're not getting everything that they need. I personally take a very high-dose one. And I've been on all these different ones all throughout my journey, you know, healing my stomach. Um, I think that I, I like spore-based probiotics the best 
because um, what they do is they're basically encapsulated. Like, this is just how they're, they're found in nature, which means their survivability rate is really high. So it can pass through the harsh environment of the stomach because, like we talked about, it's very acidic, right? And they don't open up until they get to the intestines, which is what we need. So that's why I like spore-based probiotics. But that being said, a lot of people can't tolerate them that well because their gut is just really inflamed. So if you're allowing like, okay, cool, it's, it's coming through and then all of a sudden it's opening up and you have a lot of bad bacteria in there and inflammation and you're getting like all this release of bacteria, it can cause like a lot of bloating and indigestion like symptoms like that for people. So a lot of people can't tolerate that right away. So sometimes I do start them on regular probiotics. Um, and I think as long as you're getting one that's like 10 to 20 billion and that's at the time of expiration, not the time of manufacture, um, because if you think about the time that it's made and then it's, you know, sits on the shelf and then it's shipped to you and then it sits on the shelf again, by the time you're getting it and it goes through your stomach, you're probably getting nothing, right? So yeah. make sure it's a time of expiration and you're probably still getting a good bit of bacteria in there. And there's even been research that even that bacteria that dies and goes through your system, it still kind of has um, benefits of like cleaning up the roughage. So there's still benefits of both of them. So I think that I think probiotics are great, and I and I I think most of them get it. Um, I'm probably gonna disappoint a lot of people. I'm not a kombucha fan at all. It's pure sugar. Uh, exactly, because what is it? It's sugar. What does sugar do? It feeds bad bacteria. So please show me a kombucha that has less than like 12 grams of sugar. I mean, I I haven't found one. Um, I personally don't like the taste either, but. I would rather see people like eating fermented foods. Mm -hmm. and, and to that point of fermented foods, go slow. Like don't put three scoops of sauerkraut on your, your plate because you will you will not like us. You'll be very bloated and gassy. So go like with one spoonful at first and work your way up. I made that mistake at one point too. <laughs> um, yeah, go slow. With the kombucha, I – always recommend to people if they love drinking kombucha usually they just like they want something else to sip on some people aren't water people i get it um bragg's apple cider vinegar the brand bragg's they make this amazing drink i started drinking it when i was living in arizona shout out to sprouts but um it was it's in a little glass bottle it's just by bragg's you can get it at whole foods i've really only seen it at whole foods but it's on it's on the shelf I mean, it's on the shelf. It's not, like, in a cold area. They don't sell it because it's not popular enough. But it's by the beverages, and it's in a little glass bottle. It looks like a Snapple bottle. And it's mm -hmm. just an apple cider vinegar beverage. But they have one that's cinnamon apple, and it tastes like pie. But the ingredients are incredible. It's just, like, a little bit of – it's, like, apple and orange – or uh, it's all organic, and it's amazing. So if you guys are at Whole Foods and you're reaching for a kombucha – Highly recommend looking for Bragg's. It's B-R-A-G-G-S. Look it up. It's their little apple cider drinks. They don't taste like apple cider vinegar. I mean, they have that lingering taste, but it just gives it kind of that kombucha -y taste. It's great. I'm going to awesome. try that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of clients that do like a tablespoon or two of apple cider vinegar in the morning, and that's a great, you know, source too. And, you know, when you look at the bottle, the Bragg's bottle, the bottom is all fermented. With so. mother. <laughs> Yeah. If you could stomach that, um, I definitely would try to dilute it in water to protect your teeth a little bit. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's a great source, too. I want to know. Okay, so we talked about the gut. 
a lot of people ask about coffee. I know my roommate and I were just talking about this a couple weeks ago. She used to have, she used to like have four shots of espresso before 10 a.m. And then she would have like a couple more cups of coffee. And so she started cutting back on that and doing like a, a she would make a green juice or a, or a juice yeah. instead. So she's completely shifted gears with that. It's amazing. And she's like, I don't even need it anymore. It was really just becoming reliant upon it. But as far as coffee and acidity goes for the gut and for skin and for hydration, I know that hydration is huge for good skin. What an anti-age or just everything in general and pooping. But um, with coffee, I know we want to aim for organic. We want to aim for fair trade. What mm. would you recommend to someone who loves coffee but is trying to, you know, fix their gut? Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, that's tough, right? Because, like you said, if you're drinking a organic, fair trade, good source of coffee, then it's not it's not terrible for you. There's actually so much research of the benefits of um, of coffee. Number one is for, like, the benefits of the brain. And one of the things that scares me the most in healthcare is, like, the, the prominence of Alzheimer's and things like that. So I'm like, okay, something's good for my brain, and I'm eating it. So that being said, if you're... Make sure it's like a fair trade organic blend of coffee. Like I like purity. Um, there's grounds for change. Um, Dave Asprey makes his bulletproof one that's really good. Yes. And the reason why is because it's filled with mold and pesticides and all that. So like you don't want to be drinking a cup of that. That's no good for anyone. Um, and to your point, like yes, it it is really dehydrating to our skin. So I always tell people, um, and sometimes I get out of this habit. I just got back to it during quarantine because oh wow I have nothing but time so um I start my day with a warm cup of water with lemon and a little bit of sea salt um and what that does first thing in the morning is you're sweating through like perspiration that you don't even know just you know loss of water throughout the night you're you're losing water so you wake up dehydrated so the first thing a lot of people do is is what they go and drink coffee um, or better yet, they go and make a big smoothie and they drink that. Well, I like doing the warm water with lemon because we have that agni or the fire in our stomach, right? Our digestive fire that we want to like light up. And so we don't want to pour cold stuff on it first thing in the morning, right? So I definitely always have that to start to like warm it up and then I'll have my cup of coffee. Um, if I feel like I need another one, a lot of times I'll try to do um, like one cup of coffee and then I'll do my green smoothie um, for hydration and usually that gives me a good boost um, so I can try to avoid that second cup and like you said with your roommate like for me it's more of a habit than anything um, it wasn't that I needed it so I always encourage people like really take a step back maybe drink some more water and say like do I really needed it and if you do then maybe you can start to try to alter and do like a green tea or a matcha or something in between because Matcha is really, really great for the skin, right? Because it has theanine, it has all those good nutrients in it, so it's not dehydrating like coffee is going to be. No. still has caffeine in it, but it's going to be more hydrating. Um, antioxidants. So, I mean, a ton of antioxidants. I mean, you're going to be getting a lot of good things for your skin in there. So I, I would say if, you, if you're a coffee lover and you have to do it, like you're up at 5 a.m. every day, like make sure you're drinking that warm water first or some bit of water, you know, before you leave the house at least, um, and maybe try to limit it to at least, at max two, 
I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that that's terrible. I don't. I think what's really helped me during quarantine, because, like, we're at home more often, um, mornings might start a little later, like, I feel like I've been getting kind of sleepy throughout the day, shockingly, but as I'm yawning right now, hello, <laughs> so... I'll start my day with a cup of coffee like I normally do, and all is good. Love it. And then I'll put, like, my ashwagandha. I'll put my um, my Makuna Perens and a couple other little supplements in there And because I'm a witch doctor. And um, <laughs> after that, I just want to sip on something warm and creamy and frothy. So I went and got a bag of organic decaf, and it's the best. So if anyone is struggling with that and they just – I, I genuinely think that that made me realize that it was a habit. So that was yeah. really helpful for me. And also, quick shout out to Shade Raised Organic. If you guys are looking for organic coffee, my one of my friends, and I'll tell you this, I'll show you, I'll send the link to you later. It's amazing. A friend of mine, her family owns a farm in Costa Rica and in Asheville. I'm probably messing that up, but I think it's Costa Rica, yes. And um, it's organic, it's small batch, it's amazing. No pesticides, no mold, no nothing. They'll, like, send you a little handwritten note when you get your coffee. They're so great. And they make dehydrated mango, dehydrated pineapple. It's awesome. So Shade Raised Organic, S-H-A-D-E, Raised Organic. I'll put a link in the show notes to that. Maybe I can get a code. I don't know. But um, they're amazing, and I know they're doing a sale right now. So if you're looking for organic coffee, that's, like, where you should go, I think. But um, And just, like, support local. Um, let's see. <laughs> But and I love to, and one thing I do do also is like I get addicted to the creaminess too. So I'll make like you said, I'll make an adaptogen blend, and I'll really just do like some almond milk or something, and then I'll put like cacao in it and adaptogens, and then froth a little of my almond milk creamer just because it's consistency and texture. And you're getting a little caffeine from the cacao too, so yeah. that's an option too. Maybe to trick your brain really sure. is what you need to do. <laughs> What, so when you, we were talking about this, I want to go back to the very beginning of this conversation. We said, you know, why is it that some people go to the bathroom one to two times per week, but it looks like they have great skin. It looks like they have great energy. It looks like they have a flat tummy. You're like, what the fuck is going on? Why don't you have to poop to look good? And I'm one of those people. I'm, if I don't go during the day, something is wrong. Um, and so I'm like a one, maybe two times a day, definitely one good one, but that's just how I've always been. Um, what about people who go once to twice per week? They don't really realize that that's a big deal. What are some ways to really open up that digestion other than, you know, starting your day with hot water with lemon and a little pink sea salt? Um, what are some ways for people to get into a pooping routine? I always say that routine is great. I think that it's like, I have other podcasts saying that it's best to wake up have your morning routine and then go to the bathroom because otherwise you're you're carrying around a bag of toxic trash all day long. Yeah. You know, you just you're. I always say you wouldn't want to carry around your garbage all day long. Why do you want to carry around your shit? And I know that might be aggressive, but here we are. So, um, I think that it's so important. So how for people who maybe don't think it's that important or they don't have a set routine, what are some cool ways? <laughs> super cool cool ways to integrate like a poop schedule what do you think about that I think yeah I mean some people can't always schedule it I think one of the best things to do like you said is like wake up 
kind of get into a routine of wake up, have your warm water, get some light and get some movement in first thing in the morning. Even if it's just doing like a quick little like yoga vinyasa or something or going out and walking your dog, I think always that movement stimulates the digestion to start to wake up a little bit. And that's a lot of times what we need help with. Um, I think people like that that only go a couple times a week, um, eventually it catches up to them, right? They do. Like, you know, those skinny girls in high school, they're like, wow, they're so perfect. And then, like, later on, years later, you're like, oh, wow, okay. So, it, you know, it all comes back around at some point. <laughs> but I think the, the biggest thing with that is, you know, I know for myself, like, I wake up and I have to go. But I think that's because of what I did the day before, right? So every single meal I eat, I I have patients that are like, no, I get plenty of greens. I have a salad a day. Well, okay. We are not getting enough greens and we're not getting nearly enough fiber. I think they said most Americans have like, I mean, some even have five to 15 grams of fiber and we need like 45 to 50, right? So having green leafy vegetables and veggies and of all different colors throughout the entire day with every meal, like even breakfast is key for setting yourself up for success the next day. And, like, if you haven't gone in a few days, like, you're going to have that backlog until you get into a routine of having veggies with every meal, drinking enough water throughout the day and moving to stimulate that. Because, um, I mean, you know, too, for runners, they they always have, like, the runners have to go, right? It's because it's, like, jarring up their GI system, yeah. right? So I think the stagnancy of our country and, like, the lack of fiber and good food is the cause of that. And so it really starts with not even like a daily routine of moving, but a daily routine of having enough fiber and veggies to set yourself up for success the next day. Because you should wake up, start moving within like a couple hours, probably need to go. A lot of people have like the first couple sips of coffee and they're like, okay, let's go. <laughs> like, That's me. Yeah. <laughs> Someone sent me a meme the other day and it was this like brown prairie dog sticking out of the desert and it was like after the first two sips of coffee and it's this thing it's like hello it's so funny my mom always does this thing where she like has to and now she's like oh, morning coffee and she'll like run to the bathroom and we're like okay well on the on the podcast i call it conference call so like oh gotta go take a conference call or how was your morning conference call like it's just kind of the thing so i think i love different ways of saying that maybe i'll do like a giveaway contest of seeing who can come up with the most creative way yeah yeah I mean, I think it's good to like, change the conversation around it because I think people are embarrassed to talk about it, yeah. you know. I mean, it doesn't uh, mean you have to poop with the door open. It's just, you know. You don't need to put it on TikTok or whatever those <laughs> kids are doing these days, you know. <laughs> so um, one more quick topic before I let you off here. I want to I wanna hear, you know, people hear about diet. We we like to talk about nutrition on the um, on the podcast all the time. So plant-based seems intimidating. It sounds like vegan. Vegan is way more strict. It's completely cutting out any animal products. It's, it doesn't matter if it's processed. Plant-based is more of just like the base of your diet is going to be greens, legumes, um, carbs, basically that kind of thing. And then you can still have like accessory meats, accessory cheeses if you need it, whatever. But, um, I was, I was thinking about it. So, People get so freaked out because they see that their carbohydrate intake goes up, but also their fiber intake goes up. So what's happening is people are getting nervous about eating beans and lentils and rice and things like that that are typically so good for your gut, which, you know, 
you got to cook them the right way or else you can definitely get bloated. But um, (laughs) for sure, like I think even mashing up the beans helps them get digested. But um, yeah, I mean, people get freaked out by carbohydrates, but they're so important. So can we talk about some like good types of carbs, good types of protein and good types of fats that we should be adding into our diet? Like, I know I put like chia seeds in my water all the time, avocado, sourdough, like what are some good sources of, like what are your top three good sources of carbs, top three protein, top three, um, and then top three maybe treats. So let's do that. So carbs, yeah, like you said, I mean you have to think about, everyone's so scared of carbs because we live in this like keto-based world, but you have to think about the amount of carbohydrates and the amount of fiber you're getting and you subtract that and it's really the net. So something with I don't know, 20, 30 grams of carbs, well, it has 15 of fiber, and you're really getting five carbs. So people don't realize that. Um, But these are all things that the body recognizes and can digest, so you're not going to gain weight like you think you are. There might be an adjustment period because you got to figure out what works for you, but don't be afraid of it. Um, So for carbohydrates, like I really like – I guess I use a lot of – I, I go back and forth between, like, quinoa, and then I use, like, a lot of cauliflower rice um, as, like, my base for things. Um, so I really like that. It, you know, fruits, um, they are carbohydrate. So I love, like, bananas. I mean, I usually have a lot of those um, in my smoothies because they're really actually healing for the gut. Um, and then I usually do rolled oats a lot um I think because I make some like um soaked overnight oats or I make energy balls with those so I like those I feel like those are all really healthy grains and of course like they're gluten-free the ones that I get I usually soak it overnight to make it like kind of somewhat sprouted too um but I love those and you can do so much with all those um and then okay so for proteins I'll kind of talk about, like, for people that eat meat and that don't eat meat. (laughs) Um, So I, you know, I don't eat meat, but I would say, you know, if you're going to do protein, obviously I think fish is the best source if you're doing, like, good sources of cold water fish. Um, I like salmon the best. It's my favorite. However, a word on salmon is that, you know, I understand that wild-caught salmon is really expensive, but there's a reason because – if you can't buy wild-caught salmon, do not eat it because it's one of the dirtiest fish, um, and it's just filled with toxins and pesticides and mercury, so you might as well um, just skip it. And you also, know. a note on salmon, so you can actually see in the store, you can see if you buy smoked salmon, you can actually see, they will they have to label, if you're getting it at the seafood bar at maybe a Harris Teeter or a Whole Foods, wherever, they have to label this has been artificially colored. So they'll color it more pink. Like, they have to label that now. So be on the lookout for that. Isn't that awful? And, and I mean, you can see the difference between, like, the wild-caught salmon and the and then the um, farm-raised, like, the color difference. You're like, oh, my God, that looks terrible to eat. Blech. <laughs> so, I yeah, I don't, I don't want to do all that. But, um, okay, so, yes, I like salmon. Um, I do a lot of tempeh because it's sprouted. Um, and, I, and you can do a lot of different things with that. Like you can, like, cube it or you can make, like, a taco meat out of it. So I really like to do that for doing, like, a plant-based as far as protein. Um, and then, I mean, you can do – obviously, you could do eggs if you're eating um, meat. And um, I like good sources of when I did eat meat, like – 
Good sources of chicken. Um, I do think that beef is very difficult to digest, so I don't recommend it for people that have digestive issues because I think it's really harsh on the stomach. So just be careful with that. Um, and then I think it's key to have like a really good collagen um, on board in your house. So if you are making smoothies and you want to add that in, like I usually add a collagen into my um, smoothie every day, one for your skin, um, your joints, everything. And then you're getting like a good source of, um, you know, protein of some sort, or you can do a pea, uh, plant-based protein powder, which I have both of those. So those are good options to have. What kind um, of collagen do you use? So I use one from a company called Orthomolecular, and it's a enzymatic um, collagen, which basically means like it's already kind of pre-digested, so the it's really absorbable to the gut, so the body can actually use it. So there's like gelatin ones, if you see those at the store, do not buy that to waste your money. Um, then there's like the hydrolyzed ones, which are kind of found in like the Dr. Axe and those kinds, which are decent. Um, and then the enzymatic, which are, like, the best ones you can get. So hydrolyze or enzymatic are the two you should go for. Great. Um, then I like that company a lot. What about bone broth? I know that's a big thing right now for collagen and for gut health, and it can heal leaky gut and a million blah, blah, blahs. So, but I don't want to eat bones. So what do you yeah. think? Yeah, I I do like bone broth. I think it works really well um, for some people, like, if you – if you're going to take the time to, like, make it, I think it's really good. Um, yeah, you got to know where the bones are coming from. They need to be good sources, like the marrow. Um, so you can actually go to Whole Foods and say, hey, do you guys have your bones? I think it's, like, Tuesdays here in Charlotte that they allow you to buy bones. And I get the thick marrow when I used to drink it. Um, now, obviously, I don't drink it as much. But I think because there's one thing about – one caveat about bone broth is that um, – Bone broth contains a lot of histamines, and histamines are things that, that cause allergens, right? And so if you're drinking a lot of bone broth and then you're having, like, digestive issues after you're not sure what's going on, you could be a high histamine producer. Um, so bone broth is not going to work for you. So just I always recommend to people, like, literally do, like, a fourth of a cup at first and see how you do with it. Um, and if you're having those issues, that probably is why, and it's just not for you. But it's it's a really great source for people. Um, so, yeah, just make sure you're getting it from a, a good place. And they're adding, like, apple cider vinegar and other ingredients to activate it. Oh, cool. I didn't even yeah. know about that. I didn't know about yeah. the activation. Um, yeah. What about some good treats? I know – like, if you're keto or anything like that, there are these great things called keto cups, but watch out because they have caffeine. Oh, um, so, like, I will be, I'm a crack addict afterwards. Um, what are some go-tos for you for sweets that, like, I don't, no offense, I don't want to, like, be up at 8 p.m. with, um, like, making protein bowls with vanilla extract. Like, I don't want to mess with that. What are any, like, store-bought goodies that you're like, okay, this is fine? Yeah, I like, um, so Trader Joe's, they strategically place these at the checkout. The dark chocolate Reese's peanut butter cups. I mean, Damn they're it. to die for. Yeah, That's and they're the, the, the little cups, right? Because that is the perfect ratio of chocolate to peanut butter. I don't care what anyone says, like the little tiny mini ones. So those are so good. Those are my favorite. They also have a chocolate hummus. I know it sounds really weird. It sounds but great. 
it was so good. We threw a baby shower for my friend, and I bought that with some graham crackers, like gluten-free graham crackers, and dipped it in that, and it was so good, and it's like a ton of protein in there. So I like those two. Um, and then I don't know if they're – I think in Charleston you guys still have Fresh Market, right, or did they go out of business? Um, No, I know that – no, I don't know if there is a Fresh Market. Maybe there is. I just haven't gone to it. Maybe it's over on a side of town that I never go to. But we have – Trader Joe's, we have Whole Foods, we've got um, Publix, and I think one. Which one just closed? Oh, Earth Fair just closed. That's what it was. Well, maybe it was Earth Fair that had them. I don't know, but see if you can find them at, at um, Whole Foods, maybe. But they had these date, these coconut wrapped dates, and it's like literally just like a ball of dates with coconut on the outside, and they're so good. They're like crack. Wow. So those are like kind of my three go to things if I see them in the store, I'll probably grab those. Because I do try to have, like, a, a square of, like, sometimes I'll just keep the Dove dark chocolates in because, for me, having, like, individually wrapped things is better because I'll only have one or two, you know. I won't have, like, the whole bag. So okay. that's kind of a tip, and it's, like, a little treat. Yeah, or, like, ten. It's a little treat. You can have, like, that every night, and you look forward to that, and that is, like, your thing. So those are good. The Dove dark chocolates are good, too. I love those. Love that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. You're wonderful. And if y'all if y'all follow along on my Instagram, you know that we recorded this last week, but the audio got completely effed up and it was like multi-track and it was something that my pea brain technology it dumb. I just couldn't figure it out. And um so this is our second time doing this interview. Aaron her name is Gagne. It is spelled, it's like Kanye with a G. Um, plug yourself, tell people where they can find you, what services you're offering, and then uh, pimp yourself out. Yeah, so um, the, the where I'm most active is on Instagram at Queen City Injector, all one word. Um, I'm based in Charlotte, so I do everything, Botox, Silver, Skincare, everything here. Um, and then all the integrative stuff. And then I also have a website. It's Erin Lynn, L-Y-N-N-E, wellness, all one word, um, dot com. And I have all different kind of blog posts up there on nutrition, aesthetics, everything. i got some recipes and all that good stuff. So you can get all that info on there. Um, and you can always message me if you got topics you want me to talk about, too. I'm trying to do more on hormones now because my audience is growing more interested in that. So it's a big topic. Yeah. Huge. And if you guys are interested, please let me know. And we'll do another podcast episode about hormones and just about what we can be doing to maximize. So you can talk about, like, heavy periods. We can talk about skin. We can talk about all that stuff. So yeah. um, either way, I'm, like, for sure – gonna be menstrual in a few days I can already tell I'm like getting <laughs> depressed I'm like okay it's almost there but anyways that's TMI but thank you guys so much for listening um if you guys do have nutrition consultation questions you can always find me on my website it's elizagfitnessandhealth.com for booking uh nutrition counseling all those good things if you have a friend who wants it also, if you want to support the podcast anymore, you can Google Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and just search Hotter Than Health. That is an amazing way to support the podcast. Like, share, subscribe, go follow Erin on Instagram at Queen City Injector. She's the best. Thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. It's so fun. Okay, I'll see you later. All right, bye. Bye, girl. <laughs>